Hi Church, great to be with you again this week and we're continuing our theme of hope. You know, we hope in so many things in different ways and sometimes we, we don't even realise that we're doing it. Let me give you some examples of, of how we at times can express hope. For, you know, we, we hope that we're successful in a job application or we hope that we're successful with our bid or offer on a house. We hope that our surgery goes well and that we have a full and complete recovery. Or we hope that we choose the right school for our children. We hope that we make the right business decisions or we hope that the house is kept safe while we're away. And one that maybe isn't relevant to most of us, but we hope that when a police officer pulls us over for speeding, that we are actually let off and don't get fined. We hope in a number of different ways and express that in multiple ways. But hope, it can be described as to have confidence or trust, a desire and to consider something as possible. Hope gives both direction and also purpose. And if we are willing, hope, it rises above fear and helps us to see beyond obstacles. And it gives us confidence to, that the impossible is made possible. And as Christians, we have hope for eternity. We hold on to that hope knowing that the events of this world will pass away, that Jesus will fulfill his promise and that he is coming back again. And he's coming to take us to be with him forever. That he's promised also that we'll be given a new body, that there'll be no more suffering or crying or pain, that that old order of things will have passed away. As Christians, we have this hope for eternity, but we also have hope now. Unfortunately, too many Christians are not tapping in to the hope that we have now. Through Jesus, his death and resurrection, we've been set free from sin, from guilt and from shame that we have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And it's this personal relationship that is built on love and hope. Therefore, the hope that we express, it's not just for eternity, but it's also for now. Because if God is personally interested in our life and events that happen to us right now and into eternity, then wouldn't the hope that he gives also be for both now and for eternity. I want to illustrate this to us today from Acts chapter 27. And we read in Acts 27 that Paul was being sent to Rome where he would stand trial before Caesar. And Paul had warned them when they were at Crete that the voyage was going to be disastrous. But yet the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And we read in Acts chapter 27 from verse 21 through to 26. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. 
So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it'll happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. There are three things I want to be able to point out to us today about hope. And firstly, that the hope revelation of God changes our perspective. So if we look at the sailors, they tried desperately to save both the boat and their own lives. They struggled to lift the lifeboat up onto deck. They struggled using ropes and chains wrapped around the boat in order to try and hold it together. They struggled to maintain the direction of the boat in order to keep it away from the quicksand off the North African coast. And they struggled in order to be able to try and lighten the ship. But in the midst of their struggles, this hopeless depression descended upon the sailors and the passengers. They were caught in this storm for many days, unable to see the sun or the stars, and all hope of being saved was draining into the ocean. At this point, Paul steps into the equation and he speaks hope and courage and acknowledgement. Hope in the midst of cries of desperation, courage in the midst of this fierce storm and acknowledgement that they failed to heed his warning, which is why they are in their current situation. But Paul was different to the rest of the people on the boat. Because the hope revelation of God shaped his perspective. We read in verse 23, Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. God has graciously, graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God had promised Paul that he would stand trial before Caesar. God assured Paul not to be afraid and God's grace would also keep safe all those who are sailing with Paul. See, hope, it changes our perspective. Paul was no longer looking at the, the circumstances or the situation crowding around him. His perspective was now one of hope for the impossible to be made possible. And this included the safe deliverance of him and every person who was on the boat with him, some 276 people to safety. Not only did Paul's perspective change, but this hope revelation of God changed Paul's words. And this is the second thing that we know, that a hope revelation of God, it changes our words. In verse 21, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. And then you would have spared yourselves and this damage and loss. Paul could have pushed the point. I told you so, but he didn't. Instead, he used his words to both encourage and to strengthen others, stating, men, you should have taken my advice. This was Paul's way of, of getting their attention for what he was about to say. Let me say it a different way. He could have said, I knew what I was talking about earlier when I tried to warn you, and therefore I know what I'm talking about now. Paul was not immune to his surroundings and the predicament that he faced, along with all those who were with him on the boat. Why else would the angel of the Lord say to him, do not be afraid, Paul? It communicates that Paul carried some fear. 
The same is true of us. Don't believe the lie that we are invincible. But God's revelation of words brought both strength and hope to Paul, saying, you must stand trial before Caesar. Now, for most of us, we'll go, well, that doesn't sound great. But for Paul, it was because it communicated that Paul would get through his current situation and that there was more that God still had in store for him. So following receiving of God's revelation, uh, his words of hope and of revelation, Paul was able to use the hope revelation of God to be able to encourage others with hope. And in being bold and courageous, he assured them. He assured them that no lies would perish, but the ship would be lost. And that he would stand trial before Caesar, but also that God had granted him the lives of his fellow passengers. Paul not only assured them, he exhorted them to keep up their courage. This statement, to keep up their courage, it reveals Paul's conviction that what he had received as a message he knew would be true and be fulfilled. It's, it literally means to be of, keep up their courage. It means to show positive passion as it proceeds from sound deposition. That is to be of good cheer and be of good spirits. Another way of saying it is to let go of the chains weighing you down like an anchor to the seafloor. To instead have this passion resembling a roaring fire that nothing can ex extinguish, that bursts out of you so it's visible to everyone and is joyous and positive. That is hope. It's passionate. It bursts out of us and causes us to be both joyous and also positive. So the hope revelation of God, it changes our perspective, it changes and forms and shapes our words and it number three it glorifies God and it points people to him in verse 25 we read so keep up your courage men for I have faith in God that it'll happen just as he told me Paul he had hope not based on his own abilities but on the promise and revelation of God he declared I have faith in God. The meaning behind this is literally an equation. The persuading of oneself plus being persuaded by God, joined together. It's not this positive self-talk because that's without this expression of God. Rather, it is this matched belief that what is persuaded in us is equal to the persuasion of God and this fuels us with hope both in us and it bursts out of us. A few verses later, in verse 34 to 36, Paul says, Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. After this, he took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. They had not eaten for 14 days because of the fear that had gripped them. But after declaring the revelation of God, the passengers were able to eat. Why? They were no longer debilitated by fear, but hope had started to fill them. And scripture says they were all encouraged. This was not in themselves. Paul had pointed them to the one true God. 
It wasn't knowledge in a God or a tradition or the many pagans, the pagan gods that were worshipped at that time. It was personal to whom I belong. And it was relational, whom I serve. That is why Paul took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. Paul loudly and publicly gave thanks to God for his provision by reciting the traditional blessing made by Jews before they would eat bread. That blessing is, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Amen. And the one true God would save them. And whilst the boat, it would be lost, not one person would lose a single hair from their head. This was this big, bold statement that for all of them, they would survive. And it would not be by Paul's hand, but rather it would only be because of the gracious hand of the Lord God Almighty. So prior to this happening, we actually read that in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, that Paul had been shipwrecked three times. And I'm sure on this occasion he was hoping it wasn't going to be number four. But in the midst of the darkness and the storms that surrounded him, Paul received the revelation of God that filled him with hope. Hope that shaped his perspective. Hope that lifted his words. Hope that glorified God and pointed people to him. Hope that was not fleeting or tokenistic. Hope that was strong and robust. How is this any different for us today? Well, I've got to say, there are too many people who are being shipwrecked because they're not seeking the revelation of God that gives hope. You know, for me, when we left Adelaide going back nearly eight or so years ago, I know for me, it was a dark time in my life. And I was questioning, God, where are we going? What's going on? And at that time, God made it very clear and said, Brad, you're great at leadership, but I'm going to teach you management. And it was in the years that then followed, I was then put into a managerial position. But the studies that God also had me do was a Master of Business Administration. It was a certificate for in frontline management. God was equipping me both academically, but also putting me in contexts and situations where he would fulfill that growth in me. It was a hope revelation of God that he then brought fulfillment to me. Do you know, it was in the midst of all that time that I was in an environment that was a very toxic one. It was a horrible workplace and I was questioning, God, why am I even here? But again, I was given the opportunity to actually pray through the workplace. And I came to um, the actual branch manager's desk and I was told, hey, sit in my chair, pray here. And I was like, no, I'm not meant to. I felt the Holy Spirit give clear conviction, don't do it. And I stood behind the chair and prayed and immediately I was given this vision of the person who's standing at the top of the tower and there was these waves that were, and I was told, look down. And I looked down and there were waves crashing at the bottom of the tower and the tower was eroding. And I was like, God, this tower is going to collapse. And it was like, yes, it is. Do you know, two weeks later, that person was removed from their position and we saw this change and transformation and toxicity broken. Why? It all started with a hope revelation of God. My thing for us today, church, 
What is the hope revelation of God that God is pouring out upon you? Don't just wait for eternity. It's for now. What is the hope revelation of God that God is saying, hey, I want you to seek my face, draw near to me, and I'm going to just bestow this upon you. I'm going to give you these revelations and you're actually going to set people free because of the hope revelation I'm giving you. You're going to see chains broken. You're going to see people set free from demonic oppression. You're going to see people walk in liberty and freedom. Why? It all starts because you're seeking after God and his hope revelation for you that you're able to then have the right perspective, the words to speak and being able to then glorify God in the midst of it and point people to him. When we receive that hope revelation of God, things are going to smash around us. You know, our world may be topsy-turvy, but get what? We can be stable. We can be solid. We're able to then be able to know that our God has got this and we do not need to fear. Instead, be filled with hope and those revelations of God. Hope that shapes our perspective, that changes our words and that glorifies God. What is the hope revelation of God for you? What is that hope revelation? God is, is just putting on you right now and you're going, yes, God, more. That's my prayer for you now, more. So, Father God, I pray that you would just give those fresh dreams and visions and hope revelation to each and every one, that as we seek your face, Lord, it would be like this waterfall that just gushes and has no limits and no ends, but more and more, and we would be able to speak, we'd be able to see a clear perspective, but we'd be able to lead others to you and know that, Lord, it's not about darkness and gloom, but rather our God reigns and fills us with hope, but hope not only for now, but also for eternity. And we praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord God bless you. Have an amazing day.